Welcome to the RVA Returners Podcast, your weekly source for all things Final Fantasy TCG. If, if we don't, if one of us does not win that tournament today, I'm, 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 I might actually be pissed. <laughs> y'all are, like, if I don't win it, I'm walking home. If y'all don't win, one of y'all's walking home. It's a long walk home. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be upset as well. Don't don't upset me. Don't upset the world champ, guys. Don't, okay, don't, don't do don't, that. You don't want to upset the champ. We, so we, remember Hulkamania from the 80s? What happened when you upset the champ? Oh, okay. <laughs> But we're not going to upset the champ today. Guys, welcome back to the next episode of the RVA Returners Podcast. As you can hear, we've got a super special guest today. Uh, we have the world champion, the 2018 world champion, also host of a awesome podcast known as uh, Crystal Tower. We have Mr. Alex Hancox. I'm your host. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, man. We, we, I got so excited that you were here. I forgot to mention our names. <laughs> I forgot my own name. and. Uh, but I'm your host, Chris Adams. With me, as always, is Adam Land. Adam, say hi to the champ and to the audience out there. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> Man. So we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, today's a special day. I don't know if you looked at your calendars when you woke up this morning. Oh, I did. I certainly oh, did. Oh man, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into that, but you know that that's all part of something we like to start with. And Adam, you know what that is? Alex, you know what that is? What we like to start with around these parts? Oh, it's the news. So today, today, December 1st, get today, happy Gesper Liberation Day, Adam. <laughs> yeah. And Alex, happy Gesper Liberation Day to you. Thank you, man. Same to you, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. So that goes into effect. Also, Thaumaturge uh, kind of hit the fallout from this ban. Um, so, Alex, what are your thoughts on these cards being banned? Well, the Gesper ban, man, that was that was some necessary, that was some necessary stuff, man. I played against a couple of Gespers at Worlds, and they, they gave me... They gave me some real trouble, man. Make sure I had zero cars in hand every turn. Made for a really fun and enthralling FFTCG experience. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. That's what we, that's what we love to play. Yeah, Just like, super fun, interactive games. And, you like uh, playing on the yeah. top of your deck every turn? It, it's the I way I it. like to play. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you also, you know, again, Gesper wasn't the only card to get hit with the ban hammer. Thaumaturge was told to take a hike, too. And I I was happy with that. I, I, was, I was calling for that a long time ago. When people were like calling for the Genesis ban in Opus 5, I was like, no, nah, Genesis isn't the problem. Thaumaturge is what enables him to be a turn 3 finisher. So I'm glad that guy's out of here too. Yeah, me too. That guy's a creep. <laughs> He's a total creep. There's only, there's only room for one Thaumaturge in the game, and that's Papa Lemo. Just that's throwing true. that out there. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so those are, those are, as of today, those cards are banned in standard construction events standard constructed events which is kind of nice um so now it kind of opens up gameplay uh game decks can actually you know players can actually start brewing decks now without having to say i think that folds up to turbo so it's beautiful it's going to be a beautiful time for the tcg um and sp speaking of beautiful events coming up you guys have something big coming down the uh pipe here the uh the winter cup and yes uh, we do man what are your thoughts on that play mat that they revealed sick yeah, it looks really nice. Yeah, um, everything about the, these events, like just giving away the free stuff with entry. You know that that mat has uh, as resale value as play value. It just looks great. It's got the Laswell promo as well. That's fantastic that we're getting an opportunity to get that as well because that looks amazing. And I really like as well about that Laswell promo how different it looks to the to the original, which is the Armano. Is it Armano? I don't even know what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's is a, it? it's yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I've got it right next to me. Yeah, the Armano. Now you've got like a proper full art render from the visual works. I think so. Yeah, awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Those are both super, super awesome things for entry. I, I, I certainly hope we can get some love like that's that a, here in yeah. North America. That's what I was going to say. I'm a little jealous because uh, the only way to get the Lazo promo here right now is uh, it's on the West Coast, which is a bit yeah. of a hike for us. Um, so I'm hoping like we get an East Coast event with like a similar playmat and a, and the chance to get the promo as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Even if they just sort of have a few, they give out at certain kind of events or around the East Coast. That would just that'd be nice. I'd just, be fine with yeah. that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, but also, I, again, the playmat, man. Because I, I don't know, I have a stack of those generic black Final Fantasy TCG mats. I, yeah. I, I would love something with a little more flavor around these parts, and just the the, the Noctis, the Dissidia art is just mm, primo. Yeah, on point. And uh, well, thankfully. You know, we actually have an event here, you know, in the United States coming up in a little over a month, and that is the reunion event down in Florida hosted by Cards of Ivalice. Um That is going to be a massive, massive event. Like, it, I think just yesterday they hit 50 entrants with uh, mm-hmm. Curtis and Hunter yep. uh, officially signing up. So, you know, that's going to be a good time. I know me and Matt Rice will be in the booth commentating it, which will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm debating whether I want to go full like Miami Vice outfits the entire weekend, um, I, I need to I need to get like the you know the lin, like the linen pants and the blazer with the sleeves rolled up and I might really have to like poof and tease my hair like just full on Don Johnson is what I'm going for. <laughs> so this will be good. And then um, you know we also have our um, our living our, our our housing situation set up down there. It's we got the. Uh, we got the whole party house going. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's like 12 people. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Going, it's going to be an insane weekend, so I can't wait for that. And uh, other than that, other than the, you know, again, happy Gets for Liberation Day, it's a pretty light, uh, light week for news because, um, you know, we had the big event happen, you know, here a, a weekend back, and that's uh, that was Worlds, and that's kind of why we have our, our special guest on today. Um, Alex, so we want to kind of just kind of turn the mic over to you. We really want to just kind of go through the entire process here we, we we want to pick your brain on how you you know your prep for this thing all the way to the very end so um well that's kind of where we'll start i want to hear you know what you did to prepare because um I, I forget what event you qualified for worlds at so uh yeah i won the european championship and the top yeah. six yeah. from, from europe <laughs> got to got to worlds yeah so um yeah, so the great great thing about great thing about Euros was it was it was a two deck format, which one not exactly the same as three deck. It does give you a decent amount of preparation for for the world's format. So it, it enabled me to kind of have uh, have an easy choice going into wars if I needed. You know, obviously I wanted to test some Opus Seven stuff, mm-hmm. all the like the new Crystal Chronicle stuff, like Yuri Chalinka and bits and bobs like that. But I knew, you know, worst case if I couldn't feel comfortable with anything in time i'd have uh, the two decks i, I qualified for worlds with in Earthwind and uh, monowolf we saw it and you know it's three weeks and you know i'm busy i've got things to do and uh, can't always jam in 100 games of fftcg to to test out these uh all these new Opus seven cards so i eventually decided Earthwind was still a bit too strong and like the, the new gaudes card gave it amazing uh Three CP forward. There was a nice, nice cheap dude, good replacement for Shadow Lord, especially when you're less likely to play against uh, Turbo Discard in this meta because you'd only play against it once out of the three decks. And a lot of the times I wanted to go with Earthwind first, and usually Turbo Discard uh, goes after the opponent loses. So yeah, Galdas was Galdas was an amazing addition. Then we had Fusoya, which got even better with the Halakar Nasus card that turned off all the problems that Fusoya had, like uh, Vanil and Zidane and, of course, Dad Luma. So then it just came to kind of figuring out a third deck. 
And I kind of knew from the start it was probably going to have to be mono ice because I was left with fire, lightning, and ice for my my last elements that I could use. And I just figured, you know, I had experience with this deck. That's the deck I used at, at nationals this year. I used it for like the, the first half of this year, and uh, I know I just I just still felt like Flan Allstein. The thing about the thing about ice and the thing about like Turbo Discard as well is that you know you just if your opponent doesn't have any cards in hand, they can't play the game. So. You know, as well, it's not the not the most fun and interactive strategy. You know, getting out three flans, discarding your opponent's hand, and playing a Siddlestein is a is a surefire way to win with a deck you're uh, not not too comfortable with playing in the first place. Absolutely, yeah. The deck kind of plays itself at that point, so it's just. But um, yeah, you actually kind of answered my next question as far as you know picking you know how you landed on the decks you did, and it's funny. I was like, oh, what event did you qualify at? Only the biggest one leading up to it. <laughs> it it's a little yeah. after six o'clock here. I haven't finished my coffee yet, so you'll for, forgive the ignorance on that one. Yeah. Did uh did it ever like cross your mind to play the same element in two different decks? Was that ever even like a thought? So it, yeah, it crosses mine. I think it crosses a lot of people's mind. Like Jamie, who came second, he was playing. Uh, he was playing two Windex, and like the reason, the reason he was playing two Windex was because he he was able to split up like the Zidans, so he could play the four drop Zidane in one, the three drop Zidane in the other. But then the problem lies in like the Diablos, for example. That's yep. the main thing for wind, and uh, I just really did not feel comfortable splitting Diablos whatsoever. And I also, if I was going to do it, it would have been Earth, Wind, and Wind, Water, like him. And I actually felt like Mono, Water, Fusoya was a, a better deck in general than uh, Wind, Water was playing Yuri and Jalinka. So um, that just kind of led to me uh, just, you know, sticking with my game plan and thinking three Diablos is better than one Diablos and two Diablos, which is kind of what you have to do in that Match case. And so. yeah. yeah, I think uh, like when we played in the final, when I was playing it, when, I was, when we played the Earth Wind Mirror in Game One, I think it really kind of uh, put him on the on the back foot, only having one Diablos in that deck to my three. So uh, when I did eventually get five drops down late in the game, and his one Diablos had already gone, that was that was kind of a uh, kind of spell of doom for him in that game. Yeah, it's definitely the green light to start dropping your big guys when you see his one gone for yeah, sure. Yeah, and he, uh, he, I think Alex had the early cam too, and you know that's less yep. chances for Jamie to see a Diablos. Like to instantly kill it because the Absolutely. second that that thing turns to wind, that's a problem. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, um, with that being said, you know, you, your two events, the the last two events that you were played in, were both multi deck uh, formats. What are your thoughts on that? Because we really haven't. We've only played in one multi deck event here. That was at the Supernova Cup we had, you know, a couple weeks before. Um, it's still, it's I guess it's still kind of new to me. It is essentially like having a sideboard, which is another deck. But what are your thoughts on that? Like, what's the the mindset when you're building these decks for these events where you know you have to, all right, I can only have three of this in one, I can't have overlap, but you also have to keep all the matchups in mind. Like, how, how do you go through that process? Well, it's, 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 to me, it's very different for two-deck and three-deck format. In three-deck format, I feel, well, at least for me, just my play style is to, is to just play the sort of most well-rounded deck I can that has, has odds against everything. Uh, in two-deck format, that's a bit different. I mean, I still brought two good decks to Euros in Mono Water for Sawyer and Earth Wind, but uh, you, that second deck that, that you're less confident with, you get to I don't know, you you get to play a bit uh, a bit more kind of spicy with it. You get to bring some different tech cards, and you know you get to play in a different way to, to sort of test the waters in certain matchups because you know you've got kind of a safety net of one game with that deck. So um, three deck, for example, you you have to either you have to just try and play really well with every deck and just make sure every deck's consistent or you have to have one deck that we started dubbing the the bus deck the bus deck is the one yep. that you throw under the bus which is uh which in my case was mono ice so i was like 
at Worlds, I want a third deck that has at least a 50% win rate. And that's kind of basically what it achieved. But for like for Euros with two deck, I wanted to bring two really strong decks uh, that could, you know, that could 2-0 as much as possible. So uh, yeah, it's 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 hard to kind of uh, define what exactly uh, what exactly you need to do during each during each format. But and I just really like I really like the way they run. I think that it adds a lot of depth in. You're right, thinking about the matchups and stuff like that. Like three deck especially when when it came to top eight and I had to predict what my opponent was going to play first. That was it was very rewarding when it worked out. And it was also just added an extra dynamic and depth to the game. And the more kind of depth when I'm playing a card game, the uh, the better it is for me, the more fun it is. Oh, I agree with that. And uh, so with that being said, when, when you had to pick that leadoff deck, did you always try to pick the one that you felt? Because obviously, you know, there was a, a comfort level for all three of your decks. Did you always try to, did you always lead off with the same deck, I guess is what I'm asking. Because maybe you led off with the one that was the most well-rounded, or did you kind of switch it up based on your opponent? Yeah, I always tried to lead with Earthwind. Like in the Swiss rounds, I think I led with Earthwind every single game because it was the one I was most comfortable with. I, I, I thought going into that, and I still do, that the Earthwind was the best that you can play simply because, uh, especially when blind, it has the tools to be everything. You know, there is a forward in the deck that kind of deals with every other deck in some way, shape, or form. So that was the deck I was happy with uh, going first with. I also. Uh, I also didn't mind if that deck uh, lost the die roll, which is pretty important. Like, a lot of people brought decks that either wanted to go second or wanted to go first, so they would uh, they would choose which game to bring that accordingly. But Earthwind was was fine with whatever. The one game, uh, the one match I did bring Mono Water Fusoya first was against uh, Harry Guy in the top four. He had quite an interesting lineup with the kind of uh, the Immortal Gullwing deck, uh, uh, Turbo Discard, and then. Um, uh, Mono Water for Sawyer himself, so I figured I'd bring Mono Water first to that because he's never going to go first with Turbo Discard. Mm -hmm. So I thought Mono Water had the best chance against both the Goldwind deck and uh, in the mirror match as well. Uh, actually, quick question: Did you have to pick your deck pre-die roll? Yes, you were meant to pick your deck pre-die roll. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what I thought. I was just making sure because yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure if that was in like the official rules or whatever. But that thing that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, because yep. you, you start recognizing deck boxes like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's also if you if you, you do you pick a deck, then you win the die roll. You know, like, oh, I'm going to change the table discard now because I'm going first, kind yeah, of thing. Exactly. Yeah, alleviates a lot of that kind of gaming the system yeah. for sure. I mean, it was cool to yeah. see like the mind games too, like to people pick a deck. I know, like I noticed it in grand finals, and I think you even mentioned it after, like you and Jamie, and like you picked your ice deck, and he picked, um, I think what was it, wind, 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 yeah. yeah. And was, it's pretty cool just to see the mind games that go into that. Like, it's, like you said, it brings another dynamic that's not in normal events. Absolutely. You start playing against the opponent as opposed to just like playing the cards at that point, which is kind of neat. So yeah. now, so you've got your decks. You're ready to go. Ready to go. You're there. Um, what was the vibe like? Because you know, as far as you know, the way we, we didn't get to see much on camera, especially on the Friday when y'all had like the player introductions and y'all did your quizzes and drinks and things like that. What was that like meeting everybody from? you know, the teams from across the world and just like, how, how was it pretty chill or was it, was there any kind of like, I don't know, was there like tension in the air? Like, what was it like? Cause that, that's one of the big things for me. Like when I go to a tournament for me, it's just all about vibing and hanging out with everybody too. 
Yeah, I mean, that was a great, that was a great vibe. It was like I, I guess there's kind of this this natural tension in the air. Everyone's kind of friendly, but you 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 kind of feel that vibe of you know they want to win tomorrow. They want to you know they want to get off to a good start. You kind of feel that as you're talking to them. I don't know, I don't know how to explain that feeling, but it, it is how it is. But yeah, I wish there had just been someone, either someone official or some or some uh, sort of YouTuber, somebody going around just kind of filming what was going on because it's just a it's just a lot of fun. It's great getting to see the you know the people behind these events while uh, while the event's not running you know when things are more casual and we're having more of a good time yeah i agree with that because it seemed like just from the videos that like oki was posting in one of our group chats like just y'all just hanging out having drinks just it yeah, just, yeah, it just yeah. Seemed like a really fun vibe and like i, I that's that just kind of goes back to this community, right? Like it's just, every, yep, everybody's exactly. just super, super friendly with each other. And I, I, I like that about, it. and that's, I've played a lot of, you know, a lot of TCGs over, you know, Adam and I have played card games together for a very long time. And we've seen communities which just was just super toxic people that don't want anything to do with anybody. And I, I don't get that vibe like at all from this game, which is always exactly. Nice. Yep. And it's good seeing that on a global scale. So, all right. So, so you know, we got the, you know, you're there Friday night, everybody's having a good time. So now Swiss rounds start on Saturday. You know, kind of, you know. Also, I I can tell people who are listening to this, uh, check out that article that you wrote on your Patreon. It was really, really in depth, and it just kind of talks, goes through your rounds, kind of just goes through the entire event. Um, so we're kind of picking your brain on that too. So you know, I, I urge everybody to give that a, give that a good read, and uh, just tell us tell us about your rounds, man. Just tell us about you know your day one of Swiss. So yeah, day one, uh, Swiss first round. I play against Daniel J. Belia from Australia. Uh, he qualified with Mono Wind. So my my thoughts going into that were, uh, he's probably going to bring Mono Wind again to this event because it got such a, a big upgrade in uh, Chilling Kiranuri this set. And I figured if he, you know, that that was a that was a good place to to use those cards anyway. So I thought he's probably going to lead with that. I want to lead with the Earth Wind anyway, and I think Earth Wind has a good matchup. You know, a little do I know I'm terrible at the game and make loads of misplays during the first round of tournaments. So. Uh, yeah, I like I get off to a decent start, and there's this one turn where he can like uh, archer my semi Lafina went because I, he knows I have another star sibling in hand basically, and uh, I, I want a star sibling to bring out a dude, then play another star sibling with my semi and have a really good turn that way. And he leaves, he does it, he has a really passive turn where he just uh, plays an extra backup and then leaves up three mana for the for the archer, and uh, I do that play anyway because then I can uh, use Hecaton chair to break get rid of his no no, which I imagine is going to be a threat. Uh, but then he still does the archer thing anyway. And uh, I kind of just, it, it makes it a bit awkward from that point because I'm kind of stuck on three backups for a bit. Do I play this, this or do I not? Uh, and I just sort of start pushing with like Vanille. And uh, there's this one turn. I keep pushing and pushing him and he keeps setting up backups. And he eventually gets down to Chalinka. And for some reason, uh, I have this wall down that keeps allowing me to smack and make sure I don't get hit by like a random Chaos Walker or something like that. And I have this, you know, I just don't attack with this wall. I'm like, you know, the Chilinka obviously seems like a really good trade. You know, it trades up into 8Ks. It's a 4CP four, four for a 3CP. I'm like, oh, yeah, this, I won't attack you. I don't want to lose my wall. And I'm thinking to myself afterwards, I'm like, well, he's just going to play. He's going to play Yuri next turn and just wipe my board with the uh, the Alhalalem. I just don't understand why I don't attack with this wall. And then I lose the game on six damage. And I think, wow, you're an idiot. And then round two, like or game two, I play against uh, this water lightning. It's really cool. All, I think all the Australian players brought it apart from uh, Krista Matiski. It's like a water earth with fire, like phoenixes, and it had rams in it. It was like a kind of night deck. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And one turn again, I'm playing Mono for Sawyer. Um, I get her to like six damage because it's for Sawyer or five damage. And I just, I like, and there's no way he can kill me here, right? And then he's like, he draws his cards for turn. He's like, 
thinks for a bit. I think I've got it, and I'm like, oh my god, how did I how did I let this happen? <laughs> Thankfully, he he messes up that turn, and that's that's fine. I managed, and there's a Leviathan on top of my deck anyway because I'm really smart, so I had just have an EX burst on top when I need it, um, and I'm able to pull that one out. And then round three, it's like turbo discard, and I'm like, okay hopefully it goes right goes Argas Sephiroth I'm like I'm fine I discard three but I've got my Vayne uh, that's kind of a weak opening for Turbo because it's only two card presence on the board and Vayne kind of kills Sephiroth forever and then I, I think let's, 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 let's not play forward simulate with this guy let's try and play a nice game of backups obviously Daniel over there he's playing Turbo Discard he doesn't want me to play a nice game of backups he just wants to kill me so uh, these two backups that I play at some point in the game just don't end up doing anything and I, I think to myself you know Alex what are you doing playing backups against Turbo Discard why are you trying to why are you trying to get the Turbo Discard player to respect you and uh, yeah that just isn't that isn't how it works out and he kind of just uh, eventually kills me and I just leave that game thinking do I even deserve to be here in the first place? And I think, oh, I'm an idiot. But um, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, it was it was calming in a way to, to lose round one in such a fashion that I played so horribly that just made me think I've got to kind of uh, improve for the next few games. Mm. And at the same time, uh, losing the first round isn't isn't always the worst thing because you also play, you play against other people who have lost. And the, the idea is, you know, obviously everyone there is world-class, but the idea is you're playing against the kind of... Uh, the, the weaker decks or the weaker lineups in the next few rounds, so it should, in theory, give you an easier time. That's not exactly how it worked out, but um, it kind of, I don't know, I felt like I I had an easier time this route, I guess, getting to uh, getting to top eight. And yeah, uh, the rest of the rounds I played, I played a lot of different lineups. I didn't face anything too, um, too meta, I guess. You know, there were meta decks in there, but I played against, like, uh, Jeremiah, one of the North American players, was playing a cool, like, Sid 2 deck. Unfortunately, didn't draw Sid two, um, so yeah, I kind of yeah, I blew that blew that deck out a bit. Even though he told me afterwards with like Thor Danny, it's like a seventy three percent chance to draw it. But he, little did he know, when you play against Mister Cool, you've got a hundred percent chance of not drawing your best card. I uh, <laughs> should be like a t shirt somewhere. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was like a mono fire deck I played in round two. It actually nearly got me. I was like, wow, if I'm losing to mono fire at the World Championship, I definitely don't deserve to be here. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then there was a bunch of wind water, there was a couple of other turbo discards, but it was all kind of manageable. And Earth Wind going first, uh, was able to kind of pull out, yeah, it pulled out every single game apart from uh, apart from that round one, which was really nice to see because it, it didn't lose a game at Euros, so I kind of hoped it would do the same thing going in, even though it was a new meta to Worlds. And that deck did me really proud. And uh, it wasn't until after I wrote the tournament report either that uh, I realized the Fusoya deck, deck didn't actually lose a game either. It was just the kind of the ice deck that, as expected, kind of didn't let me down. But yeah, only got that that fifty percent win rate. Yeah, it seemed like you were two owing a pretty fair amount of people with your two Euro decks, basically. I mean, your upgraded versions of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, the ice deck did actually manage to win a win a game too as well. Like I don't know, I can't remember when I when I played it, but it did win. Yeah, I played it. I think in round two, like round four, and I managed to pull out one of the pull out one of the three wins there. But yeah, top eight. Yeah, I think once I got to top eight, I actually felt so much more comfortable knowing the decks, and especially when I played against uh, Hunter Nance, who had a dedicated going second deck because he was playing the the Carbuncle backup that lets him play it on on my turn. Oh, he loves, um, that, card. He loves yeah. that card. And then I, I was thinking after that, well, that that means you know he doesn't know what I'm going to go with first because I I don't have an obvious going going first or second deck because my ice deck can you know go second or first it's not turbo discard mm -hmm. so um 
I felt like that gave me an easier job in predicting what everyone was going to play first from there on out. Absolutely. So um, now as far as, you know, the decks you had coming into Worlds, you know, Opus 7 having these cards in these decks, what cards did you feel were pretty powerful additions to the decks that you played? Obviously you mentioned Gaudis at the top of this because that card's insanely good. Um, yeah, he, he does so much for so little. But what were what were some of the other cards that you uh, that you kind of had, had were, were on your radar going into Worlds from Opus Seven? Well, yeah, Halakarnassus for Water was the the one and only Opus Seven card I ended up adding to to the Mono Wolf we saw a deck. It was just it was a, when I read that card when it got spoiled, I was like, how does this card like how does this card exist? This seems so so good, especially for Water. It's like it's one of those cards that usually a lot of cards you see them they like they're great cards, but they accidentally made them red. So they're in fire. So suddenly they're not so good anymore. But Halakarnassus in water, you know, works so well with Fusoya because all the problems water was having with uh, like Earth Wind were these seven thousand power forwards like Zidane and Vanille. And suddenly you play Halakarnassus and then Fusoya them, and you know suddenly those cards don't look so good anymore. It's just it was great to just kind of have a one card out to everything in the game. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and that card came in. Cl- I mean, as, as well in, in top eight against Hunter, I just he played a board of two Vikings. Obviously, he's trying to filter through his deck, get to his. De- Good cards fast, get to five backups. I just have this turn where I go Halakarnassus, Ephemeral Summoner, uh, to stack a Kukulan, and then Fusoya and kill two Vikings, and he doesn't get to draw two cards. And I'm like, wow, this card this card is amazing. I'm glad I'm uh, playing in my deck. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That, that, he was. He, he talked about that play on, a, he made a post about that on Facebook. Talk about it, something that definitely took the wind out of somebody's sails. He, he, <laughs> he, was, he, he was just like, man. Yeah, yeah and that's pretty and, much GG right there. I think if oh, you yeah. do that to someone, yeah, yeah, they lose two Vikings yeah. and get no none of the uh, you know none of the value off of it. Oof. Were there any cards that you didn't put in your deck that like you were like pretty close to putting in your deck that were Opus Seven? Like the maybe pile. Oh, um, there were I don't know. There were cards. I kind of yeah. I mean, I I kind of I toyed around with a lot of cards that weren't really that close. I just kind of considered them. I consider playing a Zezat. In uh, in Earthwind, okay. very briefly, I was like, if I can fit in another four drop, I'd like to try out Zezat because although Dead Loomer is actually just a, a flat better card, it's nice to kind of have an extra Dead Loomer option. Or like once you've only got, if you've got a Dead Loomer and one Cactuar, Zezat can kind of substitute for the second Cactuar a little bit, um, which is a bit weird. It's not, yeah, and it wasn't good enough in theory to even make it or to the table for testing but you know i thought it was a, an interesting card same thing with uh like king leo as well and uh even chilinka in the earth wind because i wanted to play epitaph to search out gaudes uh, i kind of wanted another ffcc card that i could search either just to discard for cp or i thought it would have a decent use and uh, i ended up settling on hugh yerg from uh from over six to let me search semi laughing and as an ax burst I think I played Hugh like once the tournament, but I was just glad Epitaph had some some CP to search. But I, I guess yeah, Chilinka was the other kind of card. But I th- I thought with only one Barbarisha in my deck, it was a uh, it was a bit less potent, and it can't it can't one shot Vikings on its own. Sorry, it can't sorry it can't shot one shot Layla Viking without uh, without Lem down. So that didn't make it either. But yeah, as for the ice deck, I played Ultimecia. And I wish I hadn't played Ultimisha. Ultimisha just was completely useless the whole weekend. It was a bit too expensive, and uh, Orphan was better every time. Yeah, and then uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you you didn't have Noctis in your Earthwind deck, right? No, I didn't. I, I, I yeah, a lot. I think nearly everyone else did bring it. I just uh, because it has such good synergy with Cecil. Uh, I, I went down to two Cecil anyway because I wanted to play uh, Asmodai in my deck. Yeah, I really like your uh, reasoning for playing Asmodai. Yeah. You mentioned it on stream. And, uh, I mean, you can say it again now, but I really liked your reasoning. 
Yeah, so yeah, the, the point of Asmodai is that sometimes they just play a big forward quite early into the game, like Cloud of Darkness or Orphan, and you don't always have a Diablos for it, and uh, suddenly the Orphan or like Cloud of Darkness starts attacking, starts picking up more value, and uh, Cecil can't can't break those cards very easily, you know, unless you're on 5 damage, 6 damage, and Sephiroth never gets broken. And Sephiroth is like the one that comes down early quite a lot, so having a way to uh, to break Sephiroth when it started uh, started attacking is... It's nice. It was just it's just convenient. It was a nice anti-aggro card, and I played it a couple of times. I was happy with it. Absolutely. Better in better in Modern Earth, obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. what, or, yeah, kind of everything. Absolutely, and it, it's really cool to see. Like uh, I know you mentioned Leo. I was actually really happy because that's a card that we were all we've been on the fence about. Like we know this card can be good, <laughs> and it was really nice to see Dex at Worlds playing this guy just for some of the neat tricks he can do. Um, like I said, I know. The most memorable game for us was round three, Okimoto versus Shota. Just watching that Rom, Rom's a deck might actually be the deck that is kind of my favorite thing right now. And just seeing like that synergy with Leo and just making things work was just really really neat. Um, did uh, I don't have your deck list pulled up? Did you eventually? Did you have the Leo in your deck, or would that just kind of hit the chopping block? It was like no, nah. no, I, I couldn't afford to put the the Leo in my deck. Unfortunately, I just went with Hugh Jurgen instead because that was another surf target. So uh, yeah. Excellent. All right, so Swiss, you only you only lost one round in Swiss. You ended up, and it turns out that was only round you lost in the entire event, your first round. So yeah. top eight, you played against Hunter Nance. Uh, to walk us through, you know, top four. The tournament's starting to wind down here. You know, are you are you, are you feeling it? Are you feeling that this is your your tournament to win? Uh, well, I, I, that's the thing. When I, when I found out I was playing against the Harry guy, which was the last Japanese player left in the tournament, I was like. This is, you know, this is the kind of one opponent I don't, I'm not sure if I want to play against. I, mean, I do, from a point of view of, I want to beat this guy because I know he's good at the game. But at the same time, I'm trying to win here. I want to have the, the kind of easiest route possible, I guess. So, um, yeah, when it came down to playing against him, I looked at his deck list and I was kind of terrified. And I, I don't think I was looking at it too, uh, in, I think I was looking at it in the wrong way first. I was like, I was looking at all the things that his decks had against mine, all the kind of bad matchups I had and all the cards I didn't want to see. And Harikai was the one kind of matchup I thought was like a, a kind of puzzle. I had to correctly kind of figure out which deck he had, which deck he was going to go first with. And then I had to, I had certain cards in, as long as I didn't pick the bad matchup, I had certain cards in every deck that would be key to, to winning that to winning that game. So I played, I played him in top four and uh, I decided he was going to lead with, well, I knew he was going to lead with either... Um, uh, Wind Water Gold Wings or Mono Water Fisoya. So I, this is the one game I leave with my Mono Water Fisoya because against the Gold Wing deck, uh, I either bring Earth Wind and hope to just kind of beat over his dudes with a uh, wall and stuff like that, or I uh, or I bring the Water deck and hope to just play Cagnazzo or Halicarnassus to turn off his Gold Wing cards. And so he leads with the Gold Wing deck, and uh, literally all that game is I'm like I just want to set up five backups as soon as possible with a Scholar and just draw Cagnazzo, hold it forever until I can do round about 10k uh, reduction with Kagnazo uninterrupted. And that plan goes really kind of awry real quickly when uh, two Kagnazo hit the damage zone very, very close to each other. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I've got one left in my deck. Uh, I don't know where it is. And I just, I play a, mer- I have a Fusoya in hand. So I'm like, I'm going to Merlwib to uh, get rid of that Fusoya and keep digging, I hit the Kagnazo. And at that point, it's just about figuring out how I can do the 10k. So I'm getting a bit low on life here at this point, And the Gold Wings are just going to keep swinging. So I just play some a couple of uh, like massive knights on like nine k just to, to to chump block an effect just to make sure I can't be put the seven. You know it doesn't matter if I go to six. The moment I play the Kagnazer and resolve it, uh, he's never going to get another point of damage in that game. And uh, yeah, thankfully uh, that is the end of what happening. Knight, knight takes one of the hits to get Yuna's 
Yuna's effect off, so he removes some summons from his grave, which is kind of what's stopping my Kagnazor as well, because he can give a 1k boost to one of his uh, one of his goings and save it. And then, yeah, next turn I play Kagnazor and uh, that wipes him. And then game two versus the Turbo Discard deck. Uh, it's obviously quite a different deck. I don't know if you guys have had a look at it, but it's uh, it's very it's very different kind of Turbo. It's always playing the usual Thaumaturge, Allstein, Gesper, stuff like that. But it's also got Sarah and Snow. And uh, I think Yasail as well. Yeah, I had a Yasail. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting. Deck. I thought it was really cool because it gave him just a lot more uh, a lot more late game. You know, after the initial push with Turbo, if they beat that, you can. Uh, you usually just win, but against that deck, you know, as long as they just keep assembling board and then hit a Snow or a Sarah, they can just randomly kill you out of nowhere. So, yeah, against that deck, I was just like, well, I've got to draw Dadaluma here. And I open, I laugh, because I open this absolutely nuts hand of, uh, like, Double Semi, Star Sybil, Minor, and Dadaluma. I'm like, is any other deck in the world that <laughs> I've just already won the game? But I'm like, okay, he's just going to play, he's going to play some, some discard cards here. I'm going to get upset. He leads with a Thaumaturge and then you sail for Thaumaturge. But he leaves the last card in his hand instead of playing the Thaumaturge. I'm like, what the hell is that card that you'd, you'd keep it? And I figure, you know, he's played a backup here. It must be a three CP card. So I'm like, okay, what spooky cards these guys don't play? He doesn't play Edward. So I'm like, I'm thinking about what it is. I don't think of, I don't, I don't realize it's Laguna until he plays the Laguna. But I realize, okay. I don't want to go down to uh, to two cards here because I know he's got the Thaumaturge. So whatever the case, I'm probably getting double discarded next turn. So I just decide to just play semi pass, see what happens, and he just you know he vomits out this uh, Squall Laguna combo. I'm like, okay, now nah, I just got to go for Dadalima and hope. And it's just it's such a, a great game of cards because as much as I hate hate Turbo and hate how random it is, you know, suddenly you know they'll randomly draw Sidorstein and win the game, or randomly draw Shiva and win the game. It was such a kind of complex. Um, game of top decks and also utilizing those top decks effectively as you could and making sure you played the right card first and I was like I just want to get the three backups here so I can uh, Dadaluma ping every turn with my semi Laffina and then the, the one time I, I draw this second Dadaluma after the first one dies I draw it with Galdez as well so I can't play it without breaking my star civil which really kind of ruins my game plan because I want I, I lose the third backup so uh, it just becomes this this game of you know if he draws Allstein this turn he wins if he doesn't, I've got another chance. And then by the time he does draw Allstein, I top deck a Diablos for it. I've already got my third backup back. And uh, it's just this huge back and forth game. And I really hope the people who, who sort of watched it on stream really enjoyed it. Because even though it's turbo, it, you know, it, we both had like one card left in deck when it was over. So it was just a really exciting game of cards. It actually was. It was actually behind the Oki Shota match. This was my favorite one because it was just nothing but back and forth haymakers. It was like, oh man, if he has Allstain, he's in a good spot. He would have the Allstain. Then you would just top deck the Diabolos. It was like, oh my god. It just kept going back and forth. And uh, I, I remember like one of the moments and I, I don't, to correct me if I'm wrong, like when you drew into the vanilla, like you windmill slam that card like immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, he plays a Genesis. I was like, okay, okay. Just any any forward here that isn't Zidane. I draw the Vanille. I'm like, wow, Vanille, you're 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 one beautiful lady. You are, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna win me this game. And she, she stuck around for like the entire. It was it was like watching Shawn Michaels in the Royal Rumble from start to finish. <laughs> Just so. Yeah, good. yeah. She, she she never left the board. Bless her. Yeah, I think there was a turn two uh, where you drew double dark cards. That's oh yeah, the chaos good. in the last gout is, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, man, this is turbo. I was like, Alex is done. I was like, there's no way you can brick a turn against this deck and live. 
and then you did. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was just, it was just such an insane. Yeah. That was just one of those like snatching victory from the jaws of defeat kind of games, and just it was it was just an absolute. Just pl- I've gone back and watched that match like a, a few times, and it's just just really really top notch play from both of you guys, and that was just a real exciting segue into the finals because I, I said this on our podcast last week. I don't think there were two any more. The what am I trying to trying to think of the right way to word this? It's still early. Um, I couldn't. I don't think there were two better players to be in the finals of this event than you and Jamie. Um, yeah, I mean, y'all obviously had fantastic weekends of cards, and then just it kind of culminated here in this final match, starting with that Earthwind Mirror. Kind of walk us through that. Uh, yeah, so that was that was what I was. I don't. I don't know if it was what I was aiming for. I felt like my deck was better in the mirror match. I think. I think Joshua said this on stream as well that um, my deck is more focused around removal and controlling the board. Uh, Jamie's deck is more focused around like the Noctis combo with Cecil, and he just got a lot more EX burst as well, so he has a random chance to kind of just blow it out with a Yojimba or a Chaos Walker. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he opens quite he opens quite slow with like uh, a minor or something for an Archer. I'm like I'm kind of thinking what he's going to do next because he doesn't play the Archer, so I'm like, okay, he doesn't have a win card, so what's he going to do? I'm just going to take a slow setup, see what happens, and he plays a turn two Chaos. I'm like, okay, that's. That's weird. He discards the archer for it, and I, I wondered. I, 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 mean, I haven't actually asked him. I don't know if his plan was to play the Camelot in in his hand uh, first, but then he drew the chaos, and that turned him off. Kind of playing the Camelot as well, because it would have kind of cost him his whole hand and just left him with a, with the Gaudas at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, he just, he just he he gets those sort of two slow turns, and that means I'm able to be in the driving seat. I get to play my Zidane first. Zidane's really great in in the mirror. Especially when you get when you get him down early because they're forced to respond. He plays his own sedan, so I'm like, okay, fine. He probably doesn't have a forward in hand. And when I swing and I see this Camelot, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm hitting like his best forward. I'm getting a discard of sedan. I don't expect. And then he trades as well. And the trader, because I kind of, I, well, I I make a make a sort of error here in that I I use Moogle's effect to search his Tola because I'm going to I'm gonna play Camelon or Ishtola is my plan because he's got Diablos in his hand already so I'm like I want to play the Cam but I need to play the Ishtola to protect the Cam and uh, I'm thinking he's just going to take the damage here so I play the Camelon before he's even taking the damage and he's like wait 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 and he blocks I don't know if he blocked because he saw me play the Camelon first but I was like you know I didn't expect him to block there I thought he was just going to take the damage and when he, take, when he, when he blocks I'm like well I'm going to have Camelon or Ishtola versus uh, your, your one Diablo, Diabolos in hand and uh, when he plays Diablos to obviously get the Eternal Gate off, Cam just sits there on wind for like five turns and just smacks him in the face. And uh, that was that was great, just uh, just getting the initiative because that's really what you want in the Earthwind Mirror. You want to be the person who's uh, who's in the chair, who's dealing damage while they're setting up. Because the thing I realized about the Camel Knot as well, it was eventually going to die to something, whether it was going to be Dad Luma or like, uh, well, probably Dad Luma or like Chaos Walker, maybe eventually something like that. And um, you know, when when you've got that kind of four or five damage gap while you're on zero, it just gives you so much time. He, he's setting up, you're smacking him. So then, when your guy who's smacking him dies and they start smacking you, by that point you should already be set up, so you're able to respond to what they do so much better. And I, I don't know really how how to better to explain it than that, but yeah, getting those four points of damage in with Cavill a lot just kind of made uh, made the game a whole lot easier from from then on once it had died. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like it got to that point; it never looked back. And then we go to game two. And if you, game two, if you would have blinked, you would have missed it because I think it just seemed like you were just in control from the jump. And it looks like Jamie's deck may have stumbled there once or twice. Just and you, and you could almost look at that just from the way things were sequenced on his side. 
And I think you were just, again, I, I don't even know if it would have mattered. You were just, it seemed like you were just in the driver's seat the entire time for game two with that ice deck. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a bit sickening for him because I don't think, you know, the way he opened, it was one of those games where you just couldn't have really done much differently. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he opens Shinra into Pain, into Yuna, which is a, which is a decent start because you get the Yuna down, but it's still a bit slow. Mm-hmm. I'm opening two backups into three backups. And my plan is, you know, he's going to attack with Pain. I'm going to play Sid Reigns on the Pain, make him discard a card. Mm-hmm. And he plays Echo to draw a card and untap the Pain to, to stop the Sid Reigns uh, killing, killing the Pain, which was a good play. Uh, but then I just top deck this Kuja off three backups, and I yeah, so I top deck Kuja and I top deck another backup. So I just play the Kuja off three and go straight to four, and it makes this kind of this this cool play he did that no one should have noticed with the echo just completely inconsequential because uh, I don't want to play the Sid Reigns there anyway. I just want to play Kuja and start start pressuring him, and then he has to waste one of his two Diablos on the Kuja, so he doesn't have he only has one Diablos left because the other one's in Earth Wind. So that's that's one orphan he gets to take out on one Sid Orstein, and the rest of them are going to have free reign on on his soul. So um, yeah, it just it was just a bit of a blow. And then he top takes a Yuri finally after one hits the damage, and uh, yeah, I draw a Sid Orstein, and that that's kind of that's kind of it. So yeah, yeah, it was a it was a very very uh, quick game too, and you know, congratulations to you after that. Uh, so when when you saw when you saw like the, the game coming to an end, like. Was like your heart racing? Were you like, oh my god, I'm about to be the world champion? Like, what was that? what was going through your mind? Is like the the game was you know you know you know like there's a point in the game with this game where you know it's over. Yeah, I mean that that happened uh, that happened a few kind of yeah. The moment I played like Siddlestein on Yuri, uh, it was still like three turns away from being over. But I knew I knew there was nothing to do to come back at that point. I still don't really feel anything because uh, the, the, I think looking back on it, the main reason I I, I feel like that is because. Um, when I was playing against Harry Guy in, in, in that, that Turbo Discard versus the Earth Wind, that game came so down to the wire that when I won that, I'd felt like I won the event kind of thing. I felt like uh, after that, that's that was the that was the match I would have liked to have been the final. You know, from from just a, a, a perspective of like the stream and stuff like that, that was a really cool game to end on. And that ended. It was kind of an anticlimax. You know, I have to go and play somebody else now as well to to actually take the trophy. Uh, so yeah, when it got to that point against Jamie, the you know that that ice deck was the ice deck just drew so well in that game it just it, i don't know it didn't feel like i earned it in a way I, I don't know how to really explain it but yeah and then once i won i was like you know that's that's it and then i just didn't feel anything for a few hours at which point i kind of did and i broke down i was like oh my god oh my god i just want to thank my mom and all my friends and my family and, yeah, and so on and so forth and uh yeah but yeah it's it still hasn't really sunk in yet but it's you know Every now and then, I get a sort of, I get that kind of elated feeling, and I, you know, it feels it feels nice. So I guess the real question is, what's what's next for the champ? What uh, like what, what, <laughs> what's 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 next for the champ post worlds? Are we gonna be uh, we're gonna be playing in some events? We're gonna be taking it easy for a little bit because you still get the auto invite to worlds next year, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, well, Chris, the other plan is basically so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna probably start writing a book, you know, get married. I'm gonna move to the country and, you know, you know, with my small fortune and, uh, you know, teach teach young children how to play FFTCG. That's basically how it's gonna go from here. That's the dream. That's definitely the dream. I, I, I'm gonna live vicariously through that dream as well. But uh, so I, what am I trying to say here? So you're the, now you're the champ. We got we got events coming up. You got some you got some neat perks as uh, the champ here. Obviously, you can take one of your decks and have it done into a full uncut sheet. 
and then you get to pick a full art promo. Uh, you don't have to reveal it here, but have you narrowed it down to which X death you want to have as the full, <laughs> full art promo? Uh, I, yeah, I can say officially here on the podcast, guys, it's not going to be an X death card that oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna have as my promo card. The the the, the mannequin version that I took to, to success already got made into a promo, an all art. Uh, uh, this year, I think it was anyway, and uh, yeah, the only other one I consider because it has great artwork anyway is, is the latest one from from Opus Seven. But I want my card to kind of be something that uh, looks good and that gets kind of played a lot. You know, well, it's got your name on it. You want people to play with it, right? Yeah, so uh, that's how, that, now that's smart thinking right yeah. there. Yeah. So there's there's I've, I've actually you know I haven't narrowed it down that much. There's probably like a list of like ten cards somewhere, and it's trying to kind of juggle between the artwork and the playability and the kind of sentimental value. Uh, to me, you know, there's part of me that really wants to do a summon, right? Because we don't have promo summons yet, and stuff like Glacial Bolas and uh, Rama, they are amazing looking summons and look fantastic and full art. It's just, uh, you know, how much do I care about associating a summon with me to to do that? I mean, Glacial is cool. Glacial is kind of this this little train with a with a funny face, so that kind of that kind of appeals to me. But uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see what I end up with. I, I'm pretty sure I've got quite a while to decide yet. So. Uh, yeah. Were, were there any limitations on what, like, can you not pick a legend? Because, like, I think a full art Diabolos would be sick, too. Yeah, yeah, you can't pick legends, unfortunately. Not even the, the older ones that are cheap. It's just uh, their way of not wanting to influence the secondary market too much. You're also not allowed to pick the, um, uh, but I think it's I think it's every original art you're not allowed to pick. Like, I don't think you're allowed to pick, like, Ilua, for example. Not that I would anyway. And you're not allowed to pick uh, Yoshitaka, Armano art either. So, uh, yeah, Fus yeah. If, if, if I had been able to do that, I would have just picked Fusoya and been done with it. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't pick Fusoya, so it Can becomes you... a much more of a challenge. Yeah, I assume you also can't pick, like, a Sandrine or something, right? So, no uh, I, 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 think, I think you can. Okay. I, I don't... I don't see why we... Yeah, they just said you're allowed to pick yeah, any common or rare as long as it doesn't hit one of those... Uh, those regulations but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pick like i'm not gonna pick a standard unit oh, yeah, yeah. so what saying. you're saying is there's a chance for a full art evoker right <laughs> <laughs> no that's the thing toby toby uh last year's world champion said to me uh if, if i win he's gonna get a uh a, a full arts lightning summoner and i was like yeah toby buddy i'm glad you didn't win for that reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you did it for the greater good you, you stopped yeah you stopped the former champ for the for the sake of the greater good but yeah, so uh, like I said, you get one of your decks into a full art, uh, full uncut sheet. Have you have you thought about which one of those three that you want to do? Clearly, maybe probably not the ice deck. I would assume. No, it's not not the ice deck. No, it will be it will be the Earth Wind deck. It's just I kind of feel bad because as cool of a prize as it is, I, I don't know if I'm going to be the one to kind of appreciate it as much. Just kind of having a poster of one of my decks. I mean, I've already got the deck. It's fine, but apparently it costs them like a thousand dollars or pounds or whatever to to actually make that because when they do the the factory printing they have to kind of the way i don't know the way it's done they have to kind of assemble it in a certain way to do the, the do the print oh, wow. so obviously if you're if you're they're not just going to print out the entire opus X because they have to leave it uncut they have to individually like put all the cars next to each other on the printer and then uh, stamp it or however they do it mm -hmm. so um yeah apparently to 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 do the print, to create the original print, it cost them a lot of money. But I guess to to, to do that print over and over and over again, that's where the that's, that's where it's cheap. So, yeah, I kind of feel bad about just just taking this one thousand pound uncut sheet. I don't know. That's crazy too. And then you got to figure, you know, your deck had you know some pretty pretty because it, it's a, the normal cards. They're just uncut, so you've got like diaboluses on there. You got some walls on there. Some yeah, so I'll just grab a pair of scissors and just start cutting them out and sell them for for big, <laughs> for big bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know if it's a uh, foil or non-foil? 
uh, if it's not foil, uh, I, I think, yeah, I, it, I'm 99% sure it's foil, yeah. That's pretty sick. That's really, really sick. So, yeah, man, that sounds, sounds like uh, you've got a lot of, you know, just a lot to, you know, kind of kind of process here so uh so you'll be at worlds next year in north america which we're really excited about so yeah it's, 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 so it's, am i yeah it'll be a get to meet all, all the cool guys like you and uh who else is there loads of other cool people i can't i can't think of names right now <laughs> but yeah it's i'm just great. really excited to yeah like the socal lot greg cole warrior of light oh, i can't wait to meet greg oh, and man. uh he, he is everything is advertised he's probably one of the nicest human beings on planet earth yep you should get like an honorary Nobel Prize just for being the nicest person on earth. Just terrific human yeah. being. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I'm really excited for this upcoming season. Um, you know, just kind of ready ready to see what kind of events come down the pipe on all all across the world because I know yeah. they've kind of started to unify the yeah, like the Crystal Cup too. systems. Yeah, do you have like, any feelings yep. on that? Because I mean, you haven't really played. I mean, I guess it's not that much different, right? But now you get like official. You get the Crystal Cups that we've had here. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great that, that we're doing a unified system. I was, I was speaking to uh, to Fabian, who's who's like a, a, one of our main guys in in Europe for FFTCG, and he was saying, yeah, we're planning to Euro, Euro, unify specifically North America and uh, and Europe, which I assume is like uh, I think it's Australia as well because Europe covers Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not actually sure on that, but either way, it's just it's, I'm glad that the two sort of main Western uh, regions have a unified system you know japan can do what they want that's fine they have a different way of doing things but i'm glad that north america and europe is going to be uh, going to be similar because i think i just i feel like that's important i agree so hopefully we can get uh you know some nice play mats and stuff like you guys get that'll be you know, that, that's really it's weird that that's, that's like the thing i'm more interested about I was like please can we get some yeah give me give me all these free stuff guys I, lo- yeah. I, I love free stuff what can i say yeah but man, too, man, you know, it was this. You know, we're probably going to go ahead and wind down from this one. Uh, you know, any any shout outs, any parting thoughts you have, Alex, before we uh, let you go about your day? Oh, I mean, yeah. If I just, if I, if I may, I just want to tell everyone who's listening just to continue to enjoy and support the game. And uh, yeah, if you're you know wondering how to sort of get to the stage that that me and so many others got to this uh, this past past weekend, uh, yeah, just. Just keep trying hard. Just keep playing your best, and just you know, make sure to enjoy the game more than anything. You know, I'm, I I do take it seriously, but I don't take it seriously to the point where it stops becoming fun. You know, you've got to find a balance in the game, and uh, just make sure, no matter how hard you're trying to get that to get that, that national title or that world title, just uh, just enjoy the game because it's Final Fantasy and uh, it's meant to be fun. That's those are those are some wise wise words. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to say it was an absolute pleasure having you on. You know, I know this season, uh, this season of the podcast, you know, because we kind of started this at the beginning of this competitive season. Yep. We're looking to have more guests on, and I, I don't think we could have started out with, you know, it, well, well, you know, you start at the top. You know, you start at the top with champ. <laughs> you saying it's only down from here? <laughs> maybe, maybe. You never know. You never know. But, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you being on today. It was an absolute pleasure, you know, just – just kind of chewing the fat with you, man. It was absolutely great. Yeah, it's great fun. I'm glad, glad to glad to be here. Glad to finally get my invite. You know, it took me uh, to me winning wells to get here. <laughs> no, no, we definitely would have had you on. What, what you could have finished dead last at Worlds, and we would have loved to have you on. And just kind of repaying the favor because I know you know you yeah, had Adam. That's on so the, sweet. You've had Adam on the Crystal Tower. You know. Yeah, I'll definitely get you on at some point as well, Chris. Uh, once. Uh, once, once we, once I figure out what I'm going to do the next episode, we'll try and try and sort something out. Oh man, just when, whenever, whenever I'll, it'd be an honor to be on. Whenever, whenever you can have me, my friend. 
Awesome. But on that note, we're going to go ahead and sign off. You know, I think next week we're going to kind of get back to some of our fun top tens that we're doing. Um, top, you know, top ten best, top ten worst. We've got we've got a lot of lot to lot to pick from now. So we're going to go ahead and sign off on that. You know, we appreciate everybody listening as always. Yep. See you later. Take care, guys. Stay cool. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening once again to the RVA Returners podcast. If you like this content and you want to hear more, check us out on YouTube at RVA Returners. And make sure you follow us on SoundCloud and check us out on Google Play and iTunes.